Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Wright Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. Okay, everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Investing Insights with the Wright Property Group. I'm Phil Tarrant, co-host of the podcast, and joining me today are my other regular co-hosts, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar from the Wright Property Group. How are you going, guys? Good, well, mate, Phil. how are you? I am very good. I'm very good. I'm going to put Victor on the spot here. Oh, <laughs> as usual yeah no it's good the federal oh, sorry the state election down in south australia mm-hmm. over the weekend what do you reckon is it going to make any difference for property investors i reckon not no i reckon not okay because if you're investing purely uh because of political reasons or what who's in power and all that you're investing in the wrong way okay yeah so maybe for a few it may but uh, generally if you if you're investing in the true sense i don't think so so what government is sitting in power is not a property fundamental? It's not necessarily a property fundamental unless you're you know, quivering in your boots to say that you know, negative gear is going to go out of the window if it's federal in that sense. But uh, I reckon we, we should be okay. Mm. Yeah. okay. Although um, they, there seems to be the, all this rhetoric about you know um, the state going backwards because of um, the um, renewable energy and all that sort of stuff with the new government and all that, all that. but um, time will tell. I will tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's a fair and reasonable answer. What do you think, Steve? Is he? Uh, does he tackle that all right? I think he did well. Yeah, from the spot. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of got set up there, though. <laughs> <laughs> I got that distinct feeling as well. well it wasn't right? really a setup. I tried we're to there. save you. I was looking at you sideways. <laughs> we we didn't actually. Uh, I didn't say I'd do that, but I was just when I was just doing the intro there. I, th- I thought about it because obviously, timely, right? So, property investment is about being um, connected with the now, but actually understanding long-term projections for growth within a particular marketplace. So, if you're not conscious about this type of stuff going on, if you are a property investor, you probably need to be connected with it, but you need to understand what it means, right? You cannot control who's sitting in uh, it's a sovereign risk yeah it's a sovereign risk and and you don't don't uh, invest uh, purely because uh, a government or a policy is in place mm. you're investing purely because of fundamentals okay another on the spot federal budget's coming What's up in this may on a guy day or is yeah it, it is uh, you know why not federal budget is coming up in may is it going to be anything curly in there do you think I don't know. We could ask the blokes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how's that? How's that for getting out of trouble? No, that's good. <laughs> I think we should have a yeah. chat about it at some point, now, and, and I know you guys yeah. uh, have a lot of observations on this. It's probably a little bit too much for this podcast sure. on, today. On, on a but, serious um, note, Phil, though, uh, you know, every time uh, a budget comes out uh, or pre-budget, uh, we find that a lot of investors want to wait to see what's on the cards. But if you've got a um, investment plan in place. Uh, you're not really waiting for these these milestones or, or these events. Mm. What you're waiting for is the milestones within your portfolio. So, um, you know, what happens to the government, what happens in the world, if you are well set up in your portfolio, it doesn't really matter. Okay, and that's a good point. So you talk about an investment plan. Investment plan can be a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, Correct. it's connected with your long-term strategies investing in property. But as part of investment plan, a lot of people always chat about this, it's about oh, when do I start diversifying properties? Mm. So... Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace around what is diversification? What does it actually mean? Uh, and how do you actually build a diversified portfolio? So I thought maybe we could chat about that today. That yeah, sounds good. Really. Works for you guys. So Victor, what, what, what is diversification? What does it mean? Well, I think it's it's the most underrated and overused word in investing circles uh, because uh, a lot of it comes from different markets that people invest in. And they feel that diversification may be moving into different areas, moving into different asset class and all that sort of stuff. But it may not necessarily be the case. Diversification, in my opinion, is hedging your risks. Okay. Yeah, hedging your risk in, in different levels. And Steve, when you look at sophisticated uh, investors that work with you guys at the right property group, um, 
How would you say they would frame the, the concept of diversification? Obviously, it's different for everyone, but um, how does a, a sophisticated investor see it? Uh, they see it a little bit, um, a little bit differently, saying that they want to capitalise on perhaps different market cycles. And as we all know, that Australia isn't one big cycle; every state is a little different. And so, if we had gone back, say, ten years ago, seven years ago, whatever it may be, we would have been and did load up in in Sydney, taking advantage of a market that hadn't started to move, but yet all the fundamentals were just so obvious. Mm. Uh, and then at WA, perhaps, is, a, is another market as the same. So it's about diversifying, as Vic said, diversifying the risk uh, or hedging the risk into different markets, but also taking advantage of uh, the attributes that come with it. Different markets may have stronger cash flow mm. or stronger growth cycles. Uh, and what we're looking to do is balance out people's portfolios. So basically what you're trying to make sure is that you're not too top-heavy. That, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, but ha- yeah, exactly. And But some people feel that they should diversify just for the sake of it. You know, well, I've got too many in New South Wales and let's just go to another state because it seems like the good, you know, the good thing to do at the time. Uh, but there's still got to be a reason. There's nothing wrong with taking advantage of a market that perhaps is going to grow very heavily uh, or quickly, whatever it may be, and stacking up in there as long as you have all your bases covered at the same time. So we spoke very briefly, Victor, around... Um uh, what you can control, what you can't control in property investment, and obviously sovereign decisions. Are you is, is this the place where you set me up? You, you can't. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. You can't. So he's a little timid <laughs> now, isn't he? I reckon we should start video <laughs> this. So people can read I mean, it'd be awesome if you could just <laughs> see the facial expressions. <laughs> you can't control that sort of stuff, right? But but um, as a good property investor, you understand what things you can control where you actually have choice. Sure. So when you think about diversification, this is the areas where you get to choose what you do with your portfolio. And, and in terms of diversification, you can diversify in terms of location. You can diversify in terms of the property type, units, you know, townhouses, etc. You can have diversification in terms of the lenders you use. You can have diversification in um, what the, the outputs are or, or the, the effect of particular decisions are. So it might be a cash flow decision versus a capital growth decision. So a diversified portfolio can include all those different things. Absolutely. Just really understanding when to pull which particular lever or, or, or pull a trigger to get the effect that you want. So let's talk about diversification of uh, the type of assets. So uh, houses versus units, it's the simple thing. When will one be better than, than the other? Well, if I can take a step back uh, prior to that, uh, we need to know when to diversify, right? And, and what are you in that market as an investor? So if you are investing, say, in a regional area and you've got two, maybe three properties there, and you're making a, a larger percentage of property ownership in there, um, you would definitely want to diversify out of that area because you are a big fish in a small pond. Yeah? Whereas uh, if you came back to say Sydney metropolitan or, or, or any other metropolitan area, and you uh, have the same number of properties there, there might not be the reason to diversify because you you are a very small fish in a big pond mm. yeah, in there. So uh, we need to understand that first. Uh, and then coming back, uh, obviously, then to your portfolio, your individual portfolio to see, okay, are we to land content heavy or are we uh, purely in in uh, units in, in a small constrained area, which can then lead to an oversupply? So let's say you are in a inner city area uh, and you've got multiple units there. That could be a reason to diversify. Or you may have all of your money parked in a complex. So you have, uh, let's say there's 30 units and out of the 30, you've got four units in there. That to me, uh, straight away would, would alarm to me that it is time to diversify out of that, that area 
because if there is a, a um, let's say, a special levy, all of a sudden you are massively exposed mm. in there. Or if that complex gets a bad rap because of poor tenant selection by a property manager who's managing, say, a couple of properties in there, it impacts the entire portfolio if that's all you've got. So you need to be thinking of it in those terms. You need to be thinking of um, if um, you, you are in a metropolitan area as to which way it is traveling uh, in terms of price, whether it's still going up, going down, wh- where the rental cycle is in that area, um, to see whether you can increase your rent or there's no room for movement in terms of rent. And uh, certainly, uh, therefore, then you are um, pretty much your whole portfolio is then stagnant in, in, in that locale um, if the market isn't doing anything else. So you need to be then diversifying into an area that's actually traveling upwards. So most of all, think about diversification is in areas rather Correct. than the other stuff. And and is that the primary view of diversification, do you think, or is it just one of many different? It's it's one of many. Right? So if, if you look at diversification, there's quite a few things you can diversify. One would be the lender or the lenders you use, right? So you need to diversify that so that not all of your loans are sitting with the one lender and you're owing the multi-millions. Mm. Um, the other is uh, obviously your area diversification, which is um, you know whether you got all your money parked in one state. Um, and I think recently there was a, on, on ABC, there was uh, this um, story about this 70-year-old nurse that had all of her money parked in Perth. Mm. And of course, we know what's happened in Perth. And particularly in her case, I think some of them were in the mining towns. And she's hit uh, the age of 70 and um, uh, is in massive negative equity. Mm. And um, uh, the loans have now turned into principal and interest from what I understand. So she's not able to hold on. Uh, and there's no way for her to take herself out of that situation because everything's parked in the one state mm. and particularly in the one asset class as well, which is more the mining mining assets. Uh, and therefore, she can't sell her way out of trouble. Bad advice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the issues, though, and, and put on the media, actually, that you typically only hear about negative property investment Correct. stories rather than positive stuff and hence the reason why we like to do the Smart Property Investment Show and, and, and investing insights with the right property group so we can actually talk about these type of issues but that's just one story and obviously mm-hmm. it makes headlines you know poor seven year old nurse Negative going to blow all the dough you know it's, it's, mm. it's, 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 it's not a good situation but it comes to the point Steve of um, when should you start thinking about diversification so someone should have said to her at a point in time you know you're a bit heavy here in Perth it might be going good right now but um, you need to start thinking about you know either diversifying your locations within the WA market. She's heavy in mining towns. Maybe she should have gone to the Perth market or looked over to the East Coast and, and bought some assets here. Because I imagine if she spent that same money when she was buying it back over here, she would have done very Sydney well. Sydney at the same time. But yeah. you know, the mining market was never going to go down, Phil. Mm. It was. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, and I think unfortunately... Probably going for $300,000 to a million dollars in a year. Who yeah, would have thought it? Right. We yeah. did. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, um, and I think... And this is where the, the problem around bad advice or, or subject matter experts, that are few and far between. Um, unfortunately, that the nurse must have you know, feed the greed scenario. Um, and you know, she went all in and that's a, a pretty ordinary result or a very bad result. But good enough for get, having a go, right? So. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be a point where some self or, you know, taking ownership of the responsibility around the situation Absolutely. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of news stories around that and that particular area at the same time. Um, you know, people tend to want to whinge about it and carry on about, well, I got bad advice, but ultimately the decision is yours and you should do some diligence around the advice. And, and there's, no, there's no reason in this day and age not to be educated around it. It's all available. It's, it's all um, available if yeah. you want to go and find it. But um, And for free. And for free. So, yeah. so the point is, 
when should you start thinking about diversification? So should have been her second property. Someone sort of said, hey, look, it might not be a good idea being stuck in this particular market or investing in this market. Well, I think age, in that, because you know, we're not talking too far away, or too far back, age would have had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah at that end of, of your working life cycle, well, I think diversification is a key there as well. It's spreading the risk. Um, but yeah, the question is, when should you diversify? I think before we even get to that, maybe looking at some of the what is diversification? It could be around land tax. Are you diversifying, say you can spread the land tax yep. risk? Are we diversifying uh, for a cash flow scenario or a growth uh, scenario? Um, it could be about risk as well. It could be about property types. So mm-hmm. as we all know, different properties will give different, will have different attributes. So houses may have a, a, a stronger a stronger dollar value of growth. Mm. Um, percentages of growth might be the same as units or townhouses, but units might and townhouses might give it a better degree of uh, cash flow, uh, as a as an example, so I think identifying the reasons as to why you want to diversify before you just do it for the sake of doing it is absolutely imperative. But on the other side of the coin, diversifying with one property or going from property number one to property number two, um, and you know, we're speaking generally here. So you know, there's a thousand different reasons in terms of you know, cash flow and capital uh, requirements as well. I think finding out why you want to diversify is the key before you actually do it. And then of course we the other major uh, form of diversification is different different asset class it doesn't all have to be around property just because we do property yeah we have share we have shares Mm -hmm. yeah manage funds and the like i mean spreading that risk as well uh, is very very important as well probably the only thing we don't do is is crypto yeah (laughs) you're not in crypto you know what i i tried to be no i tried to be but only like a big weekend out worth yeah um not sort of all in and it was just so bloody hard to do to, it, to do it, yeah. It, there were so many barriers that I said are too hard, and I'm a procrastinator at the best of times. And I was, so wait, was, my I was waiting on Steve to do the research so I could just. Free I've done all the research in the world. <laughs> it's the best way to do it, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but I trade off you guys. You do all the you do all the hard work, and I just get the benefits of my property. Are you in a portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use a buyer's agent, right? You know. Well, yeah. maybe buyer's agent for crypto. There's the next thing. Now, do you do crypto? Nah. So you don't. Oh, I, you, I just, so you don't diversify. I'm I'm heavy diversified. <laughs> I've got my uh, antique book collection. I've got my 1994 Toyota 4Runner, so I'm into precious things. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> I actually see you with a stamp collection. You reckon? I'd, I'd see that. What's that? Oh, Flatterless. Flatterless? Is that stamps? Yeah, Flatterless or Usimus is coins. There you go. There's a bit of information I could pluck out. <laughs> he's good at that, isn't yeah, he? Like he, just, that. he just talks random crap. <laughs> but we're talking about diversification, right? right? So, you know, whether or not you should have a stamp. Uh, stamp <laughs> I don't know. It's good money in stamps, you know? Yeah, you, apparently. But, um, but I think there's good diversification and bad diversification as well, right? Um, yeah. Um, a lot of people get into uh, sort of moving away from property for a moment. They get obsessed about having a very diversified portfolio. And I know my particular bandwidth, I, I, I can invest in... I can invest my time in property, something I, I see the merits of investing in property. We speak about it a lot. Uh, obviously, got super and super funds, so I'm sort of in, in, in equities and other stuff through my super vehicle. I've got external to that um, uh, investment in some shares, so oh, I'm quite diversified, plus some cash that sits there as well. So, um, But I think you you've, you've, you've raised a really key point there in terms of what is your own bandwidth. Mm. And that's really, really important for us or for me personally. It's, it's property, that's what I do. So I'm more comfortable investing in that asset class but then as I, as I dig deeper into it, I then diversify the property type, the property area for multitude of reasons. And the lenders as well. And the lenders. And, that, and this is a key point. It, um, you know, we could talk about cross-securitization and, and the like, because that's another subject in, its, in itself in terms of finance. 
but having that diversification around lenders is is important. Is is, is, well, it really, really is because every lender's appetite will change nearly monthly mm. for different areas, for different property types and different states. Um, and being ahead of the curve there as well is also important because their their book as their book grows, their risk grows, and they'll want to perhaps subdue. Yeah, you never know. And I'd probably extend that diversification out a little bit, Victor. Diversification of when you're uh, your interest-only periods come to end as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You, you know, more happening on one month because mm. if you've got a big portfolio, that can, that's that a can hurt problem. if they all shift to P&I. Yeah, that's right. So this, how, do you keep, how do you keep abreast then of all these different, you know, we've sort of come up with a handful of different types of diversification, so type of property, location, lenders, interest rates. That, how do you, did you put a big list of them together and say, this is what I need to be thinking about? And, you know, building a portfolio. Just before Vic answers. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> look for, yes, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it's been keeping in touch mm. with your with your portfolio mm. um, or whatever your financial fingerprint is at that time. I think that's imperative. That's why we do the reviews commonly um, and watching the different market indicators, whether it be from a property, from a finance. So as a buyer's agent, a good buyer's agent should be doing that for their clients, looking at where they are, their portfolio, well, bringing all these different things <laughs> There's in. a difference, and we've talked about this before too, there's, there's buyer's agents, and, and very quickly, a buyer's agent is given a scope and they go out and they fill that scope. So that yeah. might be a four-bedroom house on the moon, and they'll go get it. But in terms of a, a strategist so a property or a property advisor, yeah, okay. that's where they it's all-encompassing, and they may also have the buyer's agency um, part to it as well, as, of which we do. So from an advisor's point, a property advisor's point of view or strategist's point of view, it's actually taking that unique situation of the person and then modeling that out to where it should be in the end and reverse engineering it but things will change just because you have a plan and that plan might involve some diversification along certain milestones doesn't actually mean it pans out Mm -hmm. in that timeline just like that markets will run a little longer or markets will contract you know shorter than what perhaps people will think finance may change so actually there's there's a really good example so finance changed over the last 18 months and april pulled the levers and the banks followed suit and that turned some areas on its head very very quickly and and sydney was one of those areas so if you if you read about the sydney market it's you know in the media it's contracting rapidly in some areas and as a side note that's a really really good thing we had a soft landing for sydney but as a result of the levers being pulled um, diversification for some investors was needed very, very quickly. And if you couldn't see that coming, well, then you, you know, you're paying the penalty now. So the question was all these different things that you need to be thinking about diversification, Victor. Mm-hmm. And, and to Steve's point, um, uh, a buyer's agent, a property strategist, there's the strategy associated with what an investor is doing, and that should be encapsulating all these type of things. But the actual buyer's agency thing is just a tactical component of it, right? That's the actual, oh, we need to add the other asset. Go and get it, bring it in. How's it form part of the portfolio? So if you don't use a a property strategist, um, how do you... How can you make these decisions if you haven't got someone advising you sure. on this? Yeah, and, and and one of the things that we we pretty much say in every episode is that you gotta gotta have a plan to begin with. Mm. Yep. So when you when you do have a investment plan, so in other words, an aiming point, that helps you adjust uh, in terms of um, the income levels, the the way you're deriving the income, um, which markets you're deriving the income from, um, the equity position, um, whether some of your properties are uh, sliding back slightly in, in, in terms of equity. So if you take your Sydney market, we're sliding backwards ever so slightly. Yeah? Uh, or whether it's, it's just a, um, uh, a market that does not have had any gain in equity. So, so your, your Perth market is an example. So we're taking that into account by putting the filter of your plan over that to say that this is where I'm heading 
and what do I need to do to tack and change so that it makes the journey easier, makes it faster, uh, and also uh, a lot, lot safer. Um, so um, that'll then highlight, okay, I'm really uh, top heavy in a particular area, in a particular asset type. So as an example, we may be um, heavily uh, geared towards uh, units in a particular area and you don't have any land content to, to support those units, uh, if, if that's the case. Um, and you may then take a deliberate approach to buy some heavy land content in that area. Um, where, and when I say an area, I'm not just talking about the suburb, I'm talking about the state mm. in terms of its metropolitan and regional areas. Um, once you've once you've addressed that, you may also want to look at uh, obviously your lending side of things, um, where your fixed rates are. Is there a likelihood that the lender is um, going to become a lot more negative in that area, or, or in terms of your portfolio, particularly if you're sitting on a large number of properties that are uh, some of them may have. Uh, a heavy negative cash flow component because you're sitting on some development sites as an example. We need to be able to chop and change that at, at a moment's notice to make sure that we are not at the uh, lender's um, whim in terms of how much more money they can give us or whether they can turn around and say, we are now, especially in a bad market, whether we are now um, no longer supporting your portfolio. So because you've got everything with the one lender, you're in trouble, mm. right? So that that's why we, we strongly advocate that you should have at least a couple of lenders in play uh, and you're diversifying your portfolio that way. And then we're also looking at it from the viewpoint of uh, the different entities that you, you're buying the property, whether it is it is in, in your name, in your partner's name, whether you're setting up a trust. Another level of diversification. Another level of diversification, yeah. right? And, and, and on that, a lot of people get sold in the terms of, Okay, uh, I've I bought in my name, and therefore I now need to set up a trust. Mm. When you when you're setting up different entities, you're also complicating things for yourself in terms of lending, and also management, and and um, um, you know the, your your um, reporting of tax and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So we need to take all of that into account and and um, make sure that we're not just chopping and changing things and and making things sexy just because. Um, uh, you know, we've heard this D word diversification, and um, are just purely buying in 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 different areas. Even though one area is really working really well for so don't to diversify go. for the sake of diversification. That's right. That's yeah. right. I think that's yeah. a trap in mm. itself as yeah. well. Mm. Um, depending on what the end plan or end goal for you is, if it's just about two properties, well, diversification really may not be a key issue for you. But if if you're going to build or create a portfolio of you know, multiple, multiple tens of properties, as an example, then you know, diversification is not just about risk management then, it's also about being perhaps positioned to take advantage of different markets uh, at different times of the cycle. So this could be really confusing for people and, and you know, if I was listening to this podcast, we're going, if I was scribbling down all these different things... Yeah. I, what I, are they saying? I, should I or yeah. shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. we're, we're talking about, do I diversify property or other asset classes? Okay, okay, then you go, all right, go down the property route, houses or units lenders when when uh, when interest rates go from uh, variable to fixed diversification now talk about diversification of structures diversification of ownership the mind boggles right so for, for a lot of property investors a lot of this probably isn't relevant but if your strategy your plan is to build a sizable portfolio and I imagine most property investors like the idea of owning multiple assets um, you need to be familiar with all this stuff you don't know about it you need to find out 
pretty quickly, you know. Awareness, I think, awareness. is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if that's what the end result is, well, you, you, you will need to diversify. But I, I agree with you. Like, if you're listening to this, it might sound a little confusing because there's so many different aspects. Well, to a lot of people at. never invest in property because there's all these decisions they need to make and they can't get beyond and they procrastinate constantly because, oh, what about this scenario? What about this? So we're just giving everyone a thousand more scenarios to potentially <laughs> to, to procrastinate, to stop, them, no, no. To, to stop them making a decision. Yeah, but I think yeah. we're looking at the we're looking at somewhere in that medium mm-hmm. sort of medium run of the the end result. But if you are just starting out, then keep it as simple as possible. Don't worry about diversification. If property's the thing that you've decided to do, mm. identify a good area yeah. with the right fundamentals, and yeah, stick to it long and then, term, and then get in. But is, that's is that's what we line. do with our portfolio, and, and, yeah. and you guys provided that guidance from from the early, very early days where we started investing in property. It wasn't like oh, we're going to build a 20, 30, 40 like property portfolio. It was just the first property we bought was a good property. It was a oh, good of property. It was. Oh, yeah. Come on now, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good property because it was a good property. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It, that wasn't purchased for the basis of that's going to form part of diversification strategy over time. Well, the, it did. A little, that had a slight, slightly, yeah, slightly. And just for, for everyone listening, that property was out in North St Mary's, uh, yep. corner block, yep. about six hundred square meters, two bedroom mm. uh, house on it. But that was getting. If we if, if we come back to the very very basics, uh, the area had the good fundamentals. It was at the bottom of the the cycle. There was no reason for this for the the price not to increase with all the fundamentals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the diversification component, um, or even risk mitigation, if you want to call it that way, was cash flow was strong, yeah, about six percent or better at the time. Um, but it also gave and gives to this day the opportunity to build a secondary dwelling, which gives some diversification. And this is another level of diversification. One of the chat about. So it's yeah. the diversification being you're buying an option to diversify in the future. So this property as a standalone. Asset was a good property, you know, uh, prospects for capital growth, which it has done, it's probably doubled. Good uh, rental demand, it's priced well, there's a, it's a big rental area. But at a point in time, we can knock it down, chuck some townhouses on it, or we could put a granny flat on it. Correct. And then look at other properties in our portfolio. They all have something which is going to allow us to potentially um, apply some sort of diversification strategy in the future. It might be a townhouse, it might be some units, it might be a, uh, a granny flat, it might be a knockdown rebuild, it might be uh, some sort of major... Uh, renovation. So all of these are going to allow us to tweak uh, over time. I think and I think you've you've really hit the uh, nail on the head there, right? So uh, whilst we're talking about the different strategies that uh, that we're going to use to diversify the portfolio, we took a conscious approach at that point in time not to diversify the strategy at that point in time. The, the strategy at that point in time was to accumulate, mm. and and that's what we've done. What most people get wrong is. They implement one strategy, then they go to the next seminar or, or, or listen listen to the next uh, expert, and that's their form of diversification. So don't, so don't yeah. diversify the strategy. Don't give it give it its time to, yeah. to formulate first, and then come back once the portfolio is set. You come back and then you diversify the strategy on the properties that you've already hold, which you have earmarked it for. So, and I'll say this: I think it's a really good point, Victor, and thanks for bringing it up. The the someone uh, at a yeah someone will say, okay, my strategy is to buy. Under market value properties in the mortgage belt of Sydney or whatever it is at the back when we were buying, or say it's in Brisbane now, sort of three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar. Then they go to a seminar and then they start going, "No, I'm going to be buying off the plan apartments in Bangaroo uh, for eight hundred thousand mm. dollars." And then I'll go to another seminar and I'll be 
doing developments and they'll right. go to another seminar and they're, mm. they're, they're, they're chopping they're, and changing they're, they're, too they're much. chopping yeah. and changing. Mm. And, and I think that's a natural human reaction is that someone goes down a path and they might have some sort of remorse or they might not really understand and appreciate where they're going with something. So they'll want to go change it because I, I need to change. I need to change it in order to keep advancing. But it's okay just to do the same thing all the time. Stick right? to the knitting. Yeah, it's all Stick right being doing something that's quite boring. Mm. Like it, 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 if it works, just keep it that way. Boring is great, you know. Boring is great. It is, it's good. I, I hang out with you guys, so you know. <laughs> you know what? I was trying to work out a way to get in on this, but you actually got there before me. Uh, but, and thanks for listening. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, but, um, but it's okay, like, you know, repetition. Uh, having a strategy and, and repeating it over and over and over and over and over again. You got to remember why you invest in property, right? You know, that's exactly right. You want to have fun yeah. with it, yeah. That's yeah. A, but that's a nice byproduct of success. But the results but, are boring as long as they're there. But we actually, but the only time to to change the strategy, and we're getting to see a lot of it now, where people uh, are coming to us, where they are looking to change their strategy because perhaps the strategy that they first um, encountered and and set up is actually not working for them. They and think it's not working for them or it's actually not working for them? Well, they think it's not working for them and it's probably not working for them. And there's the strategies around perhaps, um, we'll call them blue chip or mm. aqua chip. <laughs> aqua chip. Like it's like that. a light yeah. blue. I like that too. Is that because it's near the water? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No. Thanks, mate. <laughs> It, well, it's tried. not quite. It's right. No, no. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't know. I thought no, it was another. It's not quite. It another it's Steve not Waters blue. phrase. No, right? it's not blue. It's, it's not just blue. like a light blue. Oh, know? okay. So it's not right. like. Are it's not like a now? bazillion dollars. It's sort of. Yeah. Uh, property. It's sort of. It's it's sort of good, but it's not. Yeah. Blue it's a, okay. The, yeah, so right, it's I, I get right. it now. Okay. Okay. You got it. See, I thought it was completely different. I thought it meant water. But anyway. No, no. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. as in the color. Aqua the color. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so they'll they're investing in something that perhaps has a far better chance um, of dollar growth. So it might be ten percent of you know, three quarters of a million dollars, as opposed to ten percent of three hundred thousand. The dollar amount's bigger, but as a result of that, the cash flow is always poorer. So you're somewhere around about that three percent, generally think, uh, speaking. So they've invested in the in these types of properties, and whilst in the initial stages they thought they could afford the cash flow loss, so pre-tax dollars we're talking because you know, we'll get a bit of depreciation, we'll get some tax credits back and all that sort of good stuff. And so at the end of the financial year, it will be okay. They're now coming to realize that it's actually not okay. The pre-tax dollars cash flow loss and the strategy that they had beforehand was perhaps five of these uh, types of properties will get them to their end result. Theoretically, yes, because they're waiting for that point of inflection where the rent covers the, the um, all expenses. But they're now beginning to realize now that they have one or even two that this is not going to come quick enough so they need to diversify their strategy and that might be around more affordable properties higher cash flow or looking for stuff that they can add cash flow to via secondary dwellings and, and what have you so there is a time to actually diversify mm -hmm. the strategy if perhaps it's not going quick enough for you or if you're that way inclined or it's just not plainly not working you, you work that out pretty quickly if it's hurting you right if you can't find the money every every month to pony up to to pay for the negativity in your property portfolio pain is normally financial pain is typically a pretty good indicator of it's a real yeah, change. but yeah, people yeah. but people's circumstances change so you know it might have been a double income no kids scenario and both strong wages but then they're down to one wage and reality sits in sets in and this is the problem with strategies is that because it's not a tangible product for you until you're you're in it that's why we urge people to have that diversification perhaps look at a strategy that perhaps is more around about um, sustainability and then once you've got used to it then you can perhaps you know ramp up 
whether that be a price bracket, property type, property numbers, but playing it safe to begin yeah, with. I think, uh, you know, Steve, when, when, you, when you mentioned that $700,000 property with a 3% yield, just to put it in perspective, right? So you, your gross income in there is 21000 mm. If you got a $300,000 property with, with a 5% yield, your gross income there is fifteen thousand on 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 a debt that's less than half, right? So it's it's more affordable uh, to be able to hold on to that property. So you could probably have, uh, as as a way of diversification, you could have two, two three hundred thousand dollar property that's getting you thirty thousand dollars in gross income. Yeah. Whereas opposed to one seven hundred thousand dollar property that's only getting you twenty one thousand. And there's your diversification. So another nutshell. type of diversification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many yeah. more do you want? We've got them all day. We're yeah. here all day. <laughs> well the, the question the, the question is is that, you know, let's look at the scenario. If if it's hurting for you to hold a property, you know something's not right. And if you invest alone, i.e. if you don't use a buyer's agent or have a really good relationship with an accountant or whoever who can stress test these scenarios, but what, what do you do about it? If you know something's not right, what, what do you do? And you've already got the asset? And you've already got the asset. You've chosen an asset yourself. You didn't really get any advice around it. How do you how do you work out whether there's a way out or there's a way you can fix it or is a you know you need you need some help, right? Your accountant should be yeah. able to help you out, maybe. The accountant yeah. should have helped you out. Yeah. And if he's now only helping you out, well then it's better. But is than it, never. is it the accountant that's actually put you into that property? Obviously, it maybe didn't get the right advice. Yeah. 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 So I think the, the beauty about property, if you buy in yeah, the fund link correct area fundamentally correct areas is that time will heal all wounds you hold on to Most it long wounds, enough unless it's a mining town right you know yeah, fundamentally correct fundamentally, areas yeah yeah, yeah. it's um you know it'll look after itself eventually you've just got to survive that time so if you're struggling to survive well then you've got to ask yourself some serious questions and do some really uh, detailed modeling is if you can't afford it let's talk about today so if you can't afford it in today's rates what happens when it gets to six yeah then you're not going to be able to afford it and you'll be living on two-minute noodles and it's just not a way of life. So you need to ask yourself the question, should I take advantage of a market that where perhaps I can walk away with this worst-case scenario, getting all my money back or even make a little bit of a, a profit uh, and then reinvest? I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that actually agree about reinvesting. If you've got a dog in the portfolio, then don't, don't feel too upset about getting rid of it mm. and then reinvesting and, and using it as a really good lesson to go again and perhaps what you shouldn't do. But I think assessing the, the situation, not in today's value because you can't afford it, but tomorrow's is, is the real key. Victor, I'm gonna ask a favor from you, if you don't mind. Sure. Can you, can you write up a couple of articles for us around this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll post it on the website, um, uh, smartpropertyinvestment.com.au. If you look at the po- podcast section, you've got uh, where you listen to this, uh, Investing Insights the Right Property Group. We'll stick it up there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably, yeah, we've spoken a lot quite briefly about all these different concepts around diversification, but I think it'd be a really good opportunity to spell them out and um, maybe serialize a little bit because, uh, you know, We've covered a lot of ground, and I think uh, a bit more meat around would be handy. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't mind doing that. Yeah, we'll do that. Sweet. All right. So that's diversification. Part of it. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I had a, just had a sledge I was going to let go, but I, I left it. But You're uh, going to hang on to that one for next time? I was. I was. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to talk about diversifying your friends, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit late for that, mate. We can't afford $50 fish and chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's good. No, enjoy it, guys. Um, yeah, it's important. And and I think as you become a more sophisticated investor, um, organically, you'll start thinking a lot more around diversification as you move ahead. And, and so don't rush it would be my um, uh, would be my recommendation. Don't overthink it too much. If you're new to investing, 
just get down to the business of making decisions around investing and that's making sure you're investing in the right property but in the back of your mind know that if you're down a journey where you're going to uh, build a, a sizable portfolio and it's obviously the goal for a lot of investors you need to start sort of having that rational thought around what you need to be doing what your next property is going to look like why that's going to be that property and if you are uh, if you're going alone with this sort of stuff go and find someone to help you out with it even if can someone stress test your portfolio with and your decisions um uh, good advice is extremely valuable, but just be careful where you get your advice from. Uh, Victor, anything to finish up on diversification, mate? Uh, no, just don't diversify just for the sake of it. Diversify, yeah. yeah. Steve, same, same. Pick your subject matter experts. If you are going to go alone and there's nothing wrong with that, as you say, yeah. just make sure that the experts around you in terms of advisors um, are good ones. Good. Nice one. All right, so that's episode 17 of uh, Investing Insights of the Right Property Group. You can go and listen to episodes 1 to 16. Uh, just check it out. There's a, there'll be a link at the bottom of wherever you're listening to this particular podcast. Victor, if anyone's got any questions, we've got to do another Q&A session soon. Sure. Uh, who and how do they speak with you guys? Just uh, send us an email, questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. Okay, and you can email that as well if you want to get involved in... Uh, uh, the bi-weekly uh, sessions that you do. Do I get that right? Bi-weekly? Uh, so, uh, no. uh, uh, yeah. Bi-weekly, is that right? Bi-weekly? You do? No, it's, no. it's, it's bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. Uh, so one in, one in Sydney. And yeah, maybe, maybe we should surround ourselves with better hosts. Maybe you should do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think you know what you guys are doing, but I know there's one in Sydney. One in Sydney yeah. and, and one in Melbourne in St. Kilda. So okay. um, uh, just uh, uh, like our Facebook page and uh, you'll be notified of when the next event is. Nice one. All right. Well, uh, thanks for that. I appreciate everyone tuning in. I hope uh, uh, you enjoyed. And again, uh, uh, any questions at all, whether it's about this particular podcast or uh, any of the other podcasts that we've run or just about Right Property Group in general, I'm sure you're happy to field those uh, those emails. Uh, email the guys and uh, they'll get back to you. Um, we'll be back again next month. Until then, bye-bye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned. 